Joining me on Kumite Radio is undefeated New Zealand prospect John Bruin. He'll be fighting on December 22nd at Brave CF20 in the co-main event. What's going on, John? Yo, what's up, bro? Thank you for the introduction, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, You are from New Zealand, but you represent Bali MMA out of Indonesia. What is the story behind you ending up in paradise? Yeah, so that's correct, bro. From uh, Auckland, New Zealand, and um, yeah, I'm all the way out here in, in Indonesia and Bali at the moment. I uh, I had a teammate, uh, Ev Ting, he fought Edward Follyang last year for the world title and won championship, and uh, he told me to come out, you know, for three weeks and finish off his training camp with him and then come and corner him. So I met everyone in Bali, um, dude, what, like, a sick place to live, Kind of like Thailand before Thailand um, and, and Soi Tai developed the way it did. Um, so we have this little slice of, of training, um, really elite training facility with um, with all these good guys and great coaches and that sort of thing, but nobody really knows about it. So it's perfect. Like the locals barely know about it um, unless uh, the restaurant you're going to is owned by a white guy, you know, the the – the people here don't really know um, what we're all doing out here. So, uh, my coach, uh, Mike Ikile, at, uh, at Major Fit on Instagram, if you guys want to follow that guy and our journey type of thing, he ended up getting the striking coach job here um, through through everything. And uh, yeah, he put me on, man. He just he sent me a message at the start of the year and uh, said, "Yo, you can take a phone call." And I was like trying to take a kickboxing fight, and I didn't want to take the call because I, I, felt, I thought I was going to miss weight for it. And he had set it up, and I was like, God, and I missed the call a couple times. And then he, then, it, then he got me, and I was like, yo, Mike, I'm not going to make weight. And he said, bro, don't even worry about that fight. Come here straight away. And so I booked the cheap flight like a week later, and, um, and it's been all good since then, bro. And, uh, yeah, just fighting and, and training full-time now, which is a, which is a blessing where I'm from, yeah. I, I used to do a whole lot of odd jobs just to uh, fight as an amateur. And uh, this was my chance to do do what I wanted to do for a living type of thing, from uh, training other people, training myself, and then uh, fighting in different places all over the world. It's it's a trip, man. It's a crazy, crazy journey that I'm on. And I got some of my best friends and new friends on it with me. So, yeah, man, I'm really grateful. Bro. How has training with a strong team out at Bali MMA enhanced your skill set? Um, every, man, every way possible, you know, so, uh, Mike, Mike, my striking coach, uh, left New Zealand for, for Thailand, Thailand initially, and he ended up in Bali, and so I'm sitting there for a couple months, kind of, um, kind of missing his bad work, kind of missing his advice, um, and it's, it's kind of really no secret, um, the high level of kickboxing we had back home, and so... Immediately, anyone who fights MMA is going to gravitate towards that style in New Zealand. And so coming to a place uh, where the gym was not run by that kind of background, where it was run by um, like the Leone brothers and, and my, my head coach, Don Carlo Klaus, and um, those guys are great wrestlers and, and great jiu-jitsu players as well, like really high-level black belts. And we have uh, more black belts instructing at the gym and, and guys coming 
from all over the world with a high level of reference. So now it means I'm getting both sides of the coin every single day, and, and, and it's no secret for me. Like I, um, I came out here and put and put my work in on the mats in the wrestling room and in the jiu-jitsu room, and I just benefited so much from not only the knowledge and the added techniques, but just from getting my my aspect over and over. You know, so that's like that pressure makes diamonds type of thing. There's no no place in my mind that I um, I would have benefited more from. So that gives me strength in my mind, and uh, and it's been shown to my performances. So yeah, I'm really happy being out here, man. The training is, is amazing. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You made your pro debut in April and smashed through the competition with relative ease. Now you're coming up on your fifth fight this year. That is such an incredible run. Does it seem almost surreal for you? I mean, the craziest thing, man, the craziest thing could happen when you set your mind to something, you know? And uh, I'm from a place where in New Zealand, we, we have this thing that's called tall poppy syndrome. And what it means is it's like crabs in a bucket, you know? Mm -hmm. if, if somebody's doing well, people try to cut you down and it almost breeds a, uh, a mentality to just be content type of thing. And that's not to speak poorly about where I'm from, you know, in New Zealand. I love that place. It's one of the best places in the world to live. It's just how it is there, you know? Um, we could be the You could be the best in the world, and if you make a mistake, everyone's going to let you know. And it almost discourages you from going to what you want to do and and, uh, and really trying to live out your dream. So when I uh, caught that flight out here, which is the, the craziest Thing. This is where I pinch myself. This is where it really is surreal. Is I uh, I wrote down in a little notebook. I never set a goal in my life. Never. Um, I wrote down my goal for the year, and that was to get four fights, four pro fights, four wins, and be signed to a uh, international um, organization. And and for me, I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's a good goal, and it sounds achievable. And even as I was writing it down and reading it, when I got here, I was thinking, oh, bro, I just got my knee out for two weeks to be back home in New Zealand um, on the benefit or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just stayed true to that, man. I had my my first two fights back-to-back, -back, and it was almost like that challenge um, required so much strength and so much mental belief to get it done. Um, I mean, who would... Who would advise someone to take their pro debut and their second pro fight three weeks apart? Most people would say, oh, man, you're going to get injured in your first one. How do you know you're going to make it to the second one? And I just said to myself, nah, I'm going to get out of that first one clean. And I'm going to clean house in the second one too. And I just believed that so much. And that's exactly what happened. And it kind of set a standard for me that now that is my mental approach. You know, I say now it's just so much different to when I started fighting. I'm not afraid, I'm not worried, I'm not anxious. I say what I'm going to do to my, um, in there for six weeks, eight weeks. As soon as I sign that contract, take a look at my opponent. What I'm going to do is what I'm going to do. And so I'm not, I'm not worried, I'm not doubting myself. It's all, um, it's all me from, from there on out. So, yeah, this, it's a, it is a surreal thing. And I've got three more weeks now before I fight. And uh, three days after my fight, I'm going to be back home in New Zealand, um, seeing my friends, seeing my family, and everyone that that helped me get to this point. You know, so it's a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a crazy New Year celebration, bro. That's for sure.
Your last appearance in the cage was at Brave 17, a little over a month ago. You convincingly TKO'd Ahmed Amir, who was a fighter that I think the promotion was somewhat grooming into a contender. How was everything leading into that fight, and what were your thoughts on the performance you had? Yeah, I mean, um, that's a funny um, narrative that I'll probably stick with for the rest of my career, is that I felt, I don't think they, I didn't feel going into that fight that they disliked me as a fighter, um, but I definitely, it was just one of those things, you know, he was a KHK guy, and so was my opponent before that in Jakarta, actually, so. They're from the team that owns Brave, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. And I know that that is a fight game. You fight in someone else's home territory or whatever, then you're up against it. And um, and I guess I just I just took that as a little like a little chip on my shoulder and I said, okay, sweet, I'm going to go in and ruin the party. It's their mistake for for making this match up and, um, and thinking the way that they're thinking, you know, thinking that maybe I'm a stepping stone for this guy. Um, in my head, I went into that fight like there's a pile of cash in the middle of that cage, and this guy's gonna fight me over it. And I'm, well, you put you wait a little bit of cash or something that's gonna make a difference for me and my family and my friends and and my team. I'm gonna fight you to the death for it, bro. Like it would be like people make fighting into this big thing. If you walked outside. And someone tried to steal your iPhone and it cost you a thousand dollars. You're gonna smoke this guy. You know what I mean? You're not gonna think about what happens if my mom sees me get slept or something like that. Now you're gonna fight um, just because. You know that that's what you do. So um, that's that. That was the experience for me, man. I was just thinking like, here they are. They think this guy's gonna walk through me. Um, they think he's got the skill set to walk through me, but they don't. Um, they don't know what it's like to be to be hit by me or to be in there and um, and dealing with my reflexes and dealing with my power and my speed and, and everything that I bring into the cage, my mindset and that sort of thing. So that was my whole take on it. That's, uh, that's how I approach every fight. Man. So even this fight, my coach been saying that same thing, oh, they, they want you to lose to this guy, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know if that's true or if it's not true, I can't speak for those guys. But, um, but if that's the narrative that that gets built. It suits me just fine, bro. Yeah, it's all good. Speaking of your next fight, it will be in India. You're facing an aggressive fighter, yeah. Anas Siraj Munir at Brave 20. What are your thoughts on the Moroccan? I mean, it's hard. It's hard to... It's hard really to think about your opponents too much. But, you know, so um, I got asked this question a lot. Um, well, you always get asked this question. Everyone's always like, oh, what do you think of the guy you're fighting? And sort of thing. I'm like, what more can you say? You know what I mean? That's a, that's a man with two hands, two arms, two legs, two feet, and one chin. And um, and his hands can find my chin and mine can find his, and vice versa, you know. And, and with any anything that you can do in the cage, which is basically everything besides punching them in the nuts. You know? So... Um, I mean, I watched his fights, but he's fighting guys that aren't me. He's fought, he's probably watched my fights where I'm fighting guys that aren't him. Um, in terms of what I think of his style and stuff like that, he, what, he seems to have more of like the K1 style, um, which is cool because that's a style that I've seen a lot. 
But if I walk in there and he comes out with a split stance and bouncing like a karate man, well then I guess I'm fighting a karate man, and and I'll um, and I'll make the adjustments and fight fight the way I need to fight that. But really, I don't um, focus on on what he's bringing to the cage because I could just by thinking about him as an opponent, I can't make him any worse. You know, all I can do is channel my energy into uh, making myself better and and. Uh, Really, really, just building my mindset, being strong, and, and focusing on how, if I show up the best of my abilities, there's, there's no man at 155 that's going to beat me. Um, and that might sound silly from a guy four and on just getting started, but I don't care. I don't, you know, if if you were to come and fight me right now, I don't care who you are. I think I'm going to win the fight. That's just that's why I fight. You know, otherwise, if I didn't think that, I, w- I would be doing something. I want to be the best, though. So. I can't be the best. I'm out of here, bro. So I'm better than this guy. That's that's all I can say, and I'm going to show it on the stage. Your approach to fighting is it more of like, do you have a game plan for opponents, or are you more of a guy that goes in there and improvises in the moment? Uh, good question. Good question. Um, I typically will. You know, so they offer me a name, um, and uh, I've never ever said no. Um, <laughs> I've only had four pro fights, but I've had a lot of amateur fights, and I fought kickboxing as well and, and Muay Thai as well. Never ever said no. Um, so I take a look at the guy, and he could have the most amazing thing going for him. But I look and I see, oh, I think I could probably hit him with this, and I think I could probably hit him with this. And um, I'll bounce that off my coach. He'll take a look, and he'll say, oh, look, you're better than him here. You're better than him here. And um, that's where we start. And by the end of it, by the end of that three, four, five, eight weeks or whatever, um, then we're saying, oh, we're better than him everywhere. You know what I mean? And so by the time it comes fight night, I don't really care where it goes. Um, But obviously... I want to finish and I want to make it look cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to make it look good. And so sometimes I want to fight and I'm like, man, that's all good. But I watch the video and I'm like, man, that doesn't even look that cool. I should have done this. Or I should have done this. Maybe I should have worked this instead. But that's all on hindsight and um, and whatever happens, happens. So that's really my, that is really my approach. I, I try to adapt as best I can um, and I try to prepare as best I can. I, I but at the end of the day, it's a fist fight, you know what I mean? Like, anything can happen when people are slinging leather at each other. Anything can happen. You slip, you fall, but weave the wrong way. It's a game of inches. And uh, everyone's got a light switch at the end, at the tip of their jaw, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I can't I can't really predict too much. And I can only adapt so much. I only have certain tools. I'm not going to throw a rolling thunder in there or something like that because I think it might be open. You know? <laughs> yeah, so... No, I just, I just give and take, man. It's give and take this game of fighting. So I just roll with the punches. You know. They gave you the co-headlining spot this time around, and you mentioned earlier that the last couple of fights, it kind of, they were kind of bringing you into maybe you thought to lose against one of their guys, but it seems like now yeah. they're they're saying a lot of to you directly by giving you this, you know, platform. Do you feel? Do you get the feeling the promotion is investing in you more now? Yeah, I, I do, I do, bro. Um, 
So I felt like maybe those other fights, you know, for the, these four fights that I've had, um, I'm not really one to talk about like contracts or anything like that or whatever, but you know, it was just one at a time type of thing. Nobody signed me in because I don't deserve it, bro. I've had four fights, you know. When I got here, I had zero fights, so I wasn't expecting people to roll out the red carpet and give me a 10 fight deal or something. But um, both my last fights were just, just a one-off with Brave. And um, now this one, they're going to pick me up and they've, they've locked me in now for, um, for uh, you know, the foreseeable future. And, um, and so I'm here to stay with Brave now. And um, I think now that they recognize, I think that's just kind of like a sign. You know, they, they recognize what they got on their hands. They recognize that even though I'm, I'm fresh in the game, I'm 4-0, it only takes a couple more. Um, first round KOs for me to be in, be be up there, not not just in Braves, but in terms of um, being looked at by everybody, you know. So um, that's what I'm that's what I'm looking for. I'm trying to trying to smoke another few opponents and, and call for the bout and um, in the next year or two, and just be knocking on every door that that's available uh, for me. So yeah, now I feel like they know what they got in their hands. They've got uh, potentially someone who can who can deliver big big knockouts, big finishes, highlight real fights um, every time I step into the cage. And, um, yeah, I mean, I might not be from the part of the world and I'm out here in Asia. I might not be like an Asian guy, um, <laughs> which is a joke in the gym, you know. Like that one championship ain't trying to sign me, bro. That, that was for damn sure. Um, but, but I'm still like, I think I can still still get fans behind me one day. You know, I've got virtually none at the moment. So apart from my boys and all my fans back home in New Zealand, my friends and stuff like that. But I used to always say, man, I, every time I fight, I fight with zero fans in the audience, and that's, that's just fine with me, man. As long as I um, as long as I get to do what I like to do, and, and that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm happy with it. All right, man. December twenty second, Brave. CF20 co-main event, John Bruin faces Anas Siraj Bunir in a lightweight bout. It's an incredible opportunity for you, John. I'm excited for you. And it was great chatting with you. It was the first time, but man, I see me, myself speaking with you many, many more times, man. Hey, thank you, bro. Yeah, it's, um, it's an honor, man. I know Kumite Radio, bro, I follow, I've, I've been following this and I'm seeing all the big names pop up. Um, doing interviews and doing the podcast and everything like that. So anytime, um, it's, like you were saying, man, parts of this life can be surreal at times. So, you know, people in this game, they want to talk to me. I'm thinking, man, last year, ain't nobody want to talk to me or call me or ask me what I'm doing. So I think I'm, um, I'm getting, I'm getting some good opportunities out of this. So yeah, I'm thankful uh, for the opportunity, bro. I'm thankful to, to uh, Brave uh, for putting me on again and, and giving me another shot. Uh, before I go home and celebrate Christmas and New Year's. And uh, just before I go, give a shout-out to, to all my sponsors and, and all my team, all my coaches, all my family and, and friends, my girlfriend, and everyone that's helped me get to this point because uh, it's not a one-man show, you know. it's um, It really is the culmination of everything that you go through in, in life when, when you fight, you know, because you're fighting for your life and everything in it. So um, I'm fighting for all my boys. I'm fighting for my team, my sponsors. Um, everyone I just mentioned, that's, um, that's who I'm putting on for when I'm in there in the cage. And, um, 
And yeah, man, I look forward to speaking again with you, bro, and, and appreciate the opportunity once again. So thank you, bro.